Did you know Granny McDuff now has a Patreon? You can get all episodes ad-free. Games, puzzles, calendars, and more. You can even get discounts off Granny merch. Sign up now on Patreon. Go to GrannyMcDuffENT.com for more information. Good evening, children. It's Granny McDuff, ready with a story. So make yourselves comfy, and I'll begin. Once upon a time, there lived a man called Ebenezer Scrooge. He was a mean old man, tight-fisted, covetous, and as cold as the sharpest icicle. The ice within him froze his features, a pointy nose, shriveled cheeks, and a gait as stiff as a board. No one dared approach him, and he preferred it that way. He loved solitude. He hated company, and he hated cheer. Ebenezer's business partner, Marley, had died six years before. Together, they were Scrooge and Marley. Scrooge never changed the name on the door, and to this day, it stood the same. And the office, well, Scrooge iced it in the dog days of summer, but did not bother to thaw it even on the most frigid days of winter. On this day, which happened to be Christmas Eve, Old Scrooge sat in his freezing office of the counting house, which he owned. He kept his door open so that he might keep an eye on his clerk, who was at his desk, copying letters. Scrooge's fire was small, but the clerk's was even smaller. It was perhaps only one coal, not enough to heat much of anything. And there was no replenishing the fire as Scrooge kept the coal locked up in his own office. So the clerk wrapped himself in a comforter and continued his work. Suddenly, a cheerful voice cried, Merry Christmas, Uncle! It was Scrooge's nephew. Bah! Humbug! Scrooge replied. <laughs> Surely you don't mean that, Uncle. Christmas, a humbug! It couldn't be so. I do mean it. What reason have you to be merry? You are poor enough. And you, Uncle, are dismal and morose, <laughs> yet you are rich enough. Bah! Humbug! Don't be cross, Uncle. I've come to ask you to dine with us tomorrow, for Christmas dinner. I most certainly will not. I'm sad to see you this way, Uncle. I wish you a Merry Christmas. Good afternoon. Bah! Humbug. And a happy new year. Good afternoon, Scrooge yelled. His nephew stopped to wish the clerk a Merry Christmas, then went out the door. That one, 15 shillings a week, a wife and family at home and speaking about a Merry Christmas? <laughs> Night fell and Scrooge readied for home. He said to the clerk, You'll want the day tomorrow, I suppose. If it isn't an inconvenience, sir, it is just that. But I know that you'll be here early the day after. I will, sir, 
Scrooge ate his dinner alone in his usual spot at a tavern before walking home. When he reached his front door, he put his key in the lock, and just as he was about to turn it, he looked at the door knocker and saw not its usual form, but Marley's face staring back at him. He stared for a long moment, then he blinked. Sure enough, just as it had appeared, the face was gone, and the door knocker was once again itself. Scrooge went inside without another thought, although he was still a bit shaken, and he looked behind him to be sure no one was there, before closing the door and bolting it. He checked the whole house before retiring to his room. He locked his bedroom door and made a small fire. It was bitter cold that night. He sat in his chair and warmed his hands and feet. And just then, a bell began to ring. A bell never used, long forgotten, but had been meant to communicate with the main floor of the house. And every bell in the house began to ring. Louder and louder... And then, after what seemed like minutes, the bell stopped. All at once. And then another sound. A sound as if someone were dragging heavy chains along the floor. And it got louder still. Closer. And closer. Louder. And louder. Scrooge sat frozen in terror. And then it came through the door. Marley's ghost. For it was that very same face that had appeared on the door knocker. I don't believe it, Scrooge cried. Marley dragged chains with cash boxes, ledgers, deeds and heavy steel purses on the ends of them. Who are you? In life, I was Jacob Marley, your partner. I don't believe you. The ghost stepped closer and let out a frightful cry. Scrooge cowered in his chair but looked upon Marley's face. Do you believe me or not? I, I do. I do, Scrooge cried. Why do you trouble me? I have been condemned to wander the earth and carry the weight of my actions in life. For I showed no compassion, no caring, no mercy, no benevolence. I have forged this chain of my own doing, link by link, and its weight only grows. Terror grew in the very marrow of Scrooge's bones. Tell me more, Marley. Speak comfort to me. There is none to give but a warning. I am doomed, but you, Ebenezer, you have a chance to escape my fate. You, you were always a good friend to me, Jacob, and I thank you. You will be haunted by three spirits. I would rather not, Marley. If they do not visit, you will have no chance to right your wrongs. You should expect the first when the bell tolls one, 
and the second at two. The third and last expect upon the final stroke of three. Do not forget my visit. Marley's ghost left through the window. And when Scrooge worked up the nerve to peek outside, he saw that the air was filled with apparitions all in chains. He recognized many of them. Scrooge quickly shut the curtain and went straight to bed. He awoke with a start. It was so dark that he could barely see beyond the foot of his bed. Could it be tomorrow already? He thought. No, surely not. Just then the clock struck twelve. Marley's ghost weighed heavily on Scrooge's mind. Was it a dream? He thought. The more he thought about it, the more perplexed he became. But deep down, he knew it was no dream. Then he remembered how Marley told him of a visitation when the bell tolled one. He sat up in bed and resolved himself to staying awake until the hour had passed. Quarter past, said Scrooge. Half past, he cried. A quarter to it! The hour itself! The hour bell sounded deep and melancholy. Suddenly a light flashed and the curtains around Scrooge's bed were drawn aside. And there it stood. A strange figure, almost childlike. A dress of green with a red sash and a crown upon her head. But the strangest thing about her was the glow of light all around her. Are you the spirit I was told to expect? Scrooge asked. I am, she replied. Her voice was gentle and soft, but commanding. Who are you? I am the ghost of Christmas past. Long past? No, of your past. The ghost gently grasped Scrooge's arm and said, Come with me. Scrooge rose from his bed and followed. He wore only his dressing gown and nightcap and slippers. The spirit led him to the window, and before he could protest, Scrooge found himself on a country road. It was now a bright winter day, snow on the ground and crisp, clean air. Good heavens, I know this place, I was raised here, Scrooge exclaimed. They walked along the road. Scrooge knew every tree, every post, every gate. Finally, they came to town, where boys trotted around on shaggy ponies and farmers drove their carts to market. He knew every townsperson who passed. They have no consciousness of us, the spirit told Scrooge. They are but shadows of things that have been. They passed through town and soon came upon a red brick building. The school is not quite empty. One child remains, neglected by his schoolmates. They entered, and sure enough, by the fire sat a young Scrooge, alone and forgotten. 
Scrooge sobbed. I wish. Scrooge paused, took a breath, and dried his eyes. It's too late now. What is it? Nothing, nothing, nothing at all. It's only... There was a boy singing Christmas carols at my door last night, and I, I, I should have given him something. The spirit waved her hand. Let us see another Christmas. And the room became darker. The ceiling cracked. The windows dirtied. Scrooge, now a bit older, sat alone once again. When all of his schoolmates had gone home for Christmas, he was left to his studies. The door opened, and a young girl, much younger than Scrooge, flew into the room and straight to Scrooge. She wrapped her arms around him and kissed his cheek. Dear brother, dear brother, I have come to take you home. Dear, dear brother, she said. Home? Yes, brother. Father is not as mean as he used to be. Home has been so lovely. And I asked him again if you might come home, and he said, Yes, you are to come home and not return to this place, and we're all to be together for Christmas. How wonderful you are, sister. A delicate creature, but such a large heart, said the ghost. Yes, she had. She died a woman, and had children, I believe. One child? Ah, yes, your nephew. Yes, Scrooge said uneasily. And suddenly, they were in the busy streets of a city. I was apprenticed here, Scrooge said. They went inside, and at the sight of an old merry gentleman in a wig, Scrooge exclaimed, Why, why, it's old Fezziwig! Oh, oh, bless his heart! Old Fezziwig called out, Ebenezer! Dick! Oh, Dick Wilkins, there he is. Oh, what a dear boy he was. No work tonight, boys. It's Christmas Eve, and we shall have a party. Make ready. And they did. They moved the furniture, and just in time came the guests and a fiddler, and they danced and made merry all evening. During the whole affair, Scrooge was elated, a man out of his wits. Oh, Fizzywig had the power to make us happy or unhappy. The happiness he gives is as great as if it cost a fortune. What is the matter? the spirit asked. Nothing in particular, but I, I should like to say a, a few words to my clerk, that's all. My time grows short, and suddenly Scrooge saw himself a little older now, sitting next to a beautiful young woman with tears in her eyes. I'm not changed toward you, the younger Scrooge told her. But you are. When we met, you were another man. We were poor but content, she replied. I was a boy. We were once one of heart. But now we are two. I must release you. May you be happy in the life that you have chosen. And with that, she left him. Spirit, how you torture me. Show me no more. Take me home, I beg you. Just one more, and then our time is up, the spirit said. And they were in a room, not grand, but comfortable, and a young girl sat by the fire. Her mother sat nearby, 
It was the same woman who left Scrooge. She was older, but it was her. There were children running around the room. They all laughed heartily, including mother and daughter. The woman's husband entered. He told his wife, "Bell, I saw an old friend of yours today." "Who?" she asked. "Mr. Scrooge. I, I saw him through the window, sitting in his office alone. Quite alone in the world, it seems he is. Poor soul." Scrooge closed his eyes. "Take me from here. I, I cannot bear it. Haunt me no longer." And suddenly he was in his own bed. He knew he was alone once again, and sank into a deep sleep. Scrooge awoke from a particularly loud snore. He sat up to collect his thoughts, and realized that no bell had yet tolled. He waited, and soon the bell tolled two o'clock. He trembled. Minutes passed, and. Still nothing. Suddenly, he noticed a ghostly light coming from the adjoining room. He quietly rose from his bed and put on his slippers. The moment Scrooge put his hand on the doorknob, a commanding voice called him by name and bid him to enter. Scrooge obeyed. There was no doubt it was a room which belonged to Scrooge, but it was transformed. Mistletoe, ivy, and holly hung from the ceilings and walls. There was a roaring fire and a sumptuous buffet of any and every type of food. Scrooge peered around the door. Come in, come in, man! I am the ghost of Christmas Present. Come in. And look upon me," said the ghost. Scrooge entered and saw him, a large, burly man with fine robes and bare feet. On the spirit's head sat a holly wreath, and he had a shimmering mischief in his eye. He was jolly; that Scrooge could be sure of. The ghost rose, grabbed my robe, and Scrooge did. And as soon as his hand grasped the sleeve, they were in the street. It was a gloomy day, with a thin layer of snow upon the rooftops and a grey morning sky. And suddenly, the church doors flew open, and families came pouring out, all smiling and laughing. It was Christmas morning. The spirit led Scrooge straight to the home of his clerk, Bob Cratchit, and there, standing over a pot of gravy, was Mrs. Cratchit in a worn-out gown. Her daughter Belinda set the table, and her son Peter cooked the potatoes. Two smaller children ran into the room, both screeching with delight. What could be keeping your father and your precious brother, me tiny Tim? Mrs. Cratchit exclaimed. His father! His father's coming now! cried the two tiny Cratchits. And just then, Bob entered, carrying tiny Tim on his shoulder. The boy held a crutch in one hand and grasped his father's arm with his other. Bob put Tim down, and his tiny little crutch began to click on the floor as he made his way to a stool by the fire. Well, let us eat," said Mrs. Cratchit, and the family placed the gravy and potatoes on the table while Bob went to retrieve the goose. The family ate their dinner, 
It was no feast, but it was enough for each of them. Mrs. Cratchit served everyone her pudding, hot and steaming. Ooh, was it wonderful. And when supper was finished, the family gathered around the fire, and each with a mug of cider or ale, and Bob raised a toast. A Merry Christmas to us all! The family echoed his words. God bless us, everyone! Tim added. Scrooge looked upon the child and asked, Spirit, tell me, will Tiny Tim live? I see an empty seat and a crutch without an owner. If things remain unchanged, the child will not live. Scrooge cast his eyes to the ground, but raised them quickly upon hearing his own name. And to Mr. Scrooge, the founder of the feast, said Bob. The founder of the feast indeed, Mrs. Cratchit said, upset. If he were here, I should like to give him a piece of my mind. Let that be enough for him to feast upon. Oh, my dear, it is Christmas Day, replied Bob. I'll drink to your elf, but not to his. Such an odious and stingy man that Mr. Scrooge is. No one knows that better than you, husband. Christmas Day, my dear. The mention of Scrooge's name cast a dark shadow upon the party, and Scrooge knew it. He was the ogre in the room, and he was ashamed. As they faded, he looked upon the family once again. They had very little, but they were content, and they loved one another. And without a warning, they were in a bright, gleaming room where someone was laughing heartily. Scrooge recognised this laugh as belonging to his very own nephew. More chimed in. The room was full of jolly old laughter. <laughs> Imagine! He said Christmas was a humbug, and he believed it too, said Scrooge's nephew. Shame on him, Fred, truly, replied his wife. She was very pretty, Scrooge thought. My uncle is certainly a comical old fellow. He's not quite pleasant, but I will not say anything against him. And rich, as you've told me often, she said. <laughs> but what would that matter? He does no good with his wealth. He doesn't even make himself comfortable with it. Well, I have no feelings toward him, she told her husband. I'm sorry for him, my dear. I could never be angry with him. Although... I do wish he would celebrate Christmas with us. I do not care to know him, Christmas or any other day, for the way he has treated you, my love. Ah, no matter. A Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to the old man, my Uncle Scrooge. Scrooge was light-hearted to hear this. He thanked them with an inaudible speech, for they could not hear or see him. And before he could finish, the ghost exclaimed, Hark! My end is drawing near. And at that moment, the clock struck three, and the ghost of Christmas present disappeared. What came next made Scrooge tremble to his very bones. A phantom, draped and hooded, floated like mist along the ground toward him. Am I? In the presence of the ghost of Christmas yet to come. The phantom nodded and raised its hand 
to point. Is it so that you are about to show me the shadows of things yet to come? The spirit nodded. Ghost of the future, will you not speak to me? The spirit only pointed onward. Lead on, Scrooge said. And it did, and he followed. And in the city, a small group of people stood closely talking amongst themselves. I know very little, only that he's dead, said one man. When did he die? asked another. Last night, as I'm told. What's the matter with him? I thought he'd never die, said a third man. Not a clue. Nor do I know what's to become of his fortune. I only know it's not coming to me. <laughs> the men laughed. The phantom glided further down the street. Scrooge followed. And they were soon inside a house. Scrooge could not see their faces. But three children ran around the room playing a game. He is dead, said the husband. I thought it was an excuse not to have to see me. But it was the truth. He was very sick and dying. To whom will our debt be transferred? asked the wife. I do not know. And with that, the ghost began to move on. Scrooge followed the phantom through several streets and into Bob Gratchit's house. Children sat around the fire with their mother as she sewed. Peter read aloud. He took a child and set him in the midst of them. Be poor tiny Tim, Scrooge thought. Spirit said Scrooge. I feel our parting moment is upon us, but, but before the end comes, pray tell me, is it Tiny Tim who is dead? The spirit turned his head and pointed one last time. The house faded and Scrooge found himself in a graveyard. The ghost raised his arm and pointed to a solitary stone. I beg you, tell me, are these the shadows of things that will be, or are they the shadows of things that may be? The ghost only pointed downward at the stone. With no answer, Scrooge looked upon the gravestone, and there it read, Ebenezer Scrooge. Scrooge trembled. No! Oh, no! Hear me, spirit. I am not the man I was. Why show me this if I am past all hope? Why torture me so? Scrooge cried. And he knelt and grasped the spirit's robes. I will honour Christmas in my heart, and I shall keep goodness and kindness for all the years I have yet to live. I will live in the past, the present, and the future, and the spirits of all shall thrive within me. Tell me how I might scrape away the writing on this stone. But the spirit did not answer. Instead, it faded away and collapsed into Scrooge's very own bedpost. He was home, in his room, in his own bed once again. I will live the past, the present, and the future, he cried. 
He scrambled out of bed. Oh, Jacob Marley, heaven and Christmas be praised. I say it, old Jacob, hear me. His face was wet with tears. He ran to his wardrobe and began to dress. The sun was coming up. It was Christmas morning. I, I am light as a feather, happy as an angel, and merry as a schoolboy. Oh, a merry Christmas to everyone, and a happy new year. And he laughed, a hearty laugh, unlike any he'd ever laughed before. <laughs> I, I, I feel as if I am a child, reborn. He ran to the window and flung it open. Oh, glorious day. But, but what is today? He looked down at the street and saw a boy dressed in Sunday clothes. What day is it, my fine fellow? Scrooge asked. It's Christmas Day, sir. Christmas? Yes, I haven't missed it. Do you know the poulterers just around the corner? I should hope so, sir. Very good. Do you know if the prize turkey still hangs in the window? Not the little prize turkey, the big one. The one as big as me? Yes, the very one. It's hanging there now. Go and buy it. Me, sir? Yes, go and buy it. Tell them to bring it here. Come back with the man and I'll give you a shilling. Come back in less than five minutes and I'll give you half a crown. The boy took off down the street faster than even he thought he could run. Scrooge finished dressing in all his best, then went to the front door and waited. And sure enough, three minutes later, the boy rounded the corner with a man carrying the enormous turkey. Scrooge laughed until tears came to his eyes. We will need a cab. He paid the boy and the man and loaded the turkey into a carriage. Good morning, sir, and a Merry Christmas to you, Scrooge said to the driver. They had not driven far when Scrooge saw one of the men who had come to his counting house yesterday. Stop, just a moment, he said as he jumped from the carriage. Good day and a Merry Christmas to you, sir, Scrooge said to the man. Mr. Scrooge, the man said, surprised. Yes, that is my name. Allow me to ask your pardon, and if you would have the goodness, I, I, I would like to make a donation. Scrooge handed the man a sizable bag of coins. Lord bless me, cried the man as he looked inside. Mr. Scrooge, are you serious? If you please, back payments are included, I assure you. I ask you to do me the favor of putting it to good use. My dear Mr. Scrooge, I, I, I do not know what to say. Pray, don't say anything. Just come and see me. Will you do that? It would be an honor. I'm much obliged. God bless you, sir. And with that, Scrooge climbed back into the carriage and continued on his way. And when they arrived, he asked the driver, Would you wait for me, sir? I have one more stop to make. I shall not be long. Happy to wait. Scrooge carried the turkey to a door and knocked. Bob Cratchit opened the door and immediately looked like he had seen a ghost. Mr. Scrooge, I... Well, Bob, might I be invited in? Yes, do come in. Scrooge entered and a silence fell over the room. Tim was seated on his stool by the fire while his brothers and sisters went about the room readying for Christmas dinner. Mrs. Cratchit froze over her stove. Scrooge put the turkey down on the table and uncovered it. 
Merry Christmas, Bob. And to all the Cratchits. And to you. Most of all, to you, Tim. Bob smiled, and his wife too. For they could not believe this was the same man they had known for so many years. I have brought you this prize turkey for your Christmas dinner. I, I, I hope you eat it in good health. And may God bless you all. Merry Christmas, Mr. Scrooge, cried Tim. And the rest of his family joined in. Bob shook Scrooge's hand. Merry Christmas, sir. W will you stay and eat with us? N no, my dear Bob, I, I have more to do today. But you shall not come to work tomorrow. And when you do come the next day... Be sure that you will be getting a raise. Bob was speechless. He hugged the man and Scrooge hugged him back. Good day to you all. And with that, Scrooge flew out of the door as quickly as he had come in. The carriage took him to another house. But before he went in, he paced back and forth, trying to work up the courage to knock. And finally he did. A beautiful woman answered the door. Forgive me, madam, for we have not yet met. But I am your uncle. Your husband's uncle, that is. Ebenezer Scrooge. Hello, uncle, she replied. Fred appeared in the hall behind her and Scrooge lit up with a smile. Merry Christmas to you, Fred. And to you, my dear, dear niece. Merry Christmas, Uncle. Scrooge laughed heartily and said, I have come to dinner after all. W will you let me in? He was welcomed in and it was the most glorious Christmas he had ever had. And Scrooge was better than his word. He became a second father to Tiny Tim. He became a good friend to those around him, a good master, a good uncle and a good man. Some laughed at seeing the change in him, but Scrooge did not mind this, for his own heart laughed, and that was more than enough for him. The End And now it's time to take a deep breath, close our eyes, so that we may drift off into a world of our own adventure. Good night, children. <laughs>